Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 40% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at Sleep Number stores or sleepnumber.com. Liz, if you could have any celebrity, uh-huh. dead or alive, uh-huh. as a guest on this here podcast, oh, who would you have? Dax Shepard and Kristen Bell, either or, don't care, love their relationship, love how open they are about talking about it and I'd get really nitty gritty about asking about the how, because they're always super open about how much hard work it is to keep a relationship going and I love that and I love how much they love each other even though they work like crazy to keep themselves together. Sure. I'd have, I've got two. Uh-huh. Bill Clinton. <laughs> oh, shit. Because <laughs> he'd come on and he'd, he'd and give her... And come on. He'd give no. her... <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> and he'd, like, give her a fake name, but everyone would know he was talking yeah. about. Yeah, she worked for me at the White House. Um, or Henry VIII. Oh, shit. Because trying to, ha- trying to s- explain, like, eight wives. Yeah. And we were going. So where, so did, was they, where it did they go? Six. six. Six wives. Thank you, producer yeah. Zane. Um, <laughs> that would be quite fun, wouldn't it? Yeah. Like, oh, do you think yeah. it's Do you think it's their problem? Yeah. Henry, yeah. Are we going to victim blame <laughs> yeah, here? Yeah. Really? Let's really? address that. Uh, so that'd be that'd be fun. But I, I I do like your answer because that's more beneficial to our listeners. Oh, look, I feel like both would be beneficial to our listeners, whether it be from a comedy perspective or a relationship perspective. You know, like. But yes, Dax Shepard, Kristen Bell, if you are listening. Yeah, come on Dear down. Dear God, please come on our podcast because that would just make my life, really. <laughs> oh, she's giddy over there. I know. Look at her. <laughs> Hello, so, everybody. Uh, Tom Harris here and Elizabeth Best sits across from me I do. as ever. And we, have a, we do have a guest today. What, what's our podcast name? Just in case somebody is uh, somehow someone's, not Someone's looked. clicked on it without seeing... <laughs> Well, <laughs> where, where ghosts of boyfriends pass, but it's not always boyfriends. It can be girlfriends, boyfriends, yeah. any other types of. That's friends right. It's that just stories about someone that you've entangled up in your life in the past. And um, our guest today, we've got a very, very special guest today. I mean, it's quite, <laughs> it's good. He sits in the background, in the shadows of this podcast, listening to our stories and giggling along. Which is very endearing. It's we cute. love it. It it's makes cute. us laugh even more. And he's also a co-host on my other podcast, Castology, and a shitload of other podcasts on the That's Not Canon Network. It's Zane Weber. Zane, Zane C. C. Weber. Weber. Oh, Don't right. forget That's the me. C. Don't forget the C. Otherwise, you won't know what my email address is. <laughs> <laughs> so, Zane, can I start with a sort of a state of the nation can we start with this? Like, a, how's 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 Ghost of Boyfriend's Past doing? Do you think? Yeah, We're really, good? really well. You happy? Um, uh, yeah. Are the, are, you just I'm, trying to hear compliments? Are yes. you fishing? Yes. For- <laughs> I love 
this podcast and so many people, both on the network and off the network, have, have kind of really latched onto it as something that they look forward to and listen to as soon as it comes out. I've had, I've had more people message me personally about this podcast. In fact, a friend of mine who's moved to London said that she looks forward to this podcast every week because she, she just gets like emotionally enriched by it. And I was like, oh... Shit, thanks. Wow. <laughs> so, so it's a healthy, we're all good. Yeah, we're on absolutely. The, uh, excellent. Um, I wouldn't be coming on the podcast if I was about to cut it. Yeah, this true. true. Yeah. <laughs> uh, uh, thanks, Zane. <laughs> I'm yeah. fine. Is my job safe? Uh, hmm. Mine's more safe than yours because this is my idea. Actually, no, that could mean that I'm on the chopping block more. That's true. You're, the, you're to blame. Tom's just a victim. Here. <laughs> yeah. Now, the exciting thing about this particular episode is that normally what happens is when people fill out a form to come on the show, either Tom will look at the form or I will look at the form to kind of be able to guide how the story goes. So at least one of us knows where it should be going so we can keep it on track. That's right. This week, there was no form. No form. I no. offered. I offered. Uh, do you want he, me to fill out the he form? He did, but I thought it would be more fun if neither of us had any idea where the fuck this story was so, going to go. Uh, yeah, I'm shaking. I don't know. <laughs> and, and Zane has revealed to us that he has never told this story. It's a premiere. A story I've never premiere. told the full story to pretty much anyone. I might have told parts of it to... People at so, listeners, times. this is a big moment. It's a roller coaster. <laughs> it's a big one. All right. So, <clears throat> at the start, where where like places where we are at the start of okay, this? Okay. So, I pers. Well, okay. So, it takes place in Bundaberg, where I grew up. Okay, that's okay. in Queensland. Can, for anybody else outside that. of the country, and it's rural Queensland. Mm-hmm. Not a lot of gay people mm-hmm. there. So, this is a boyfriend story. Mm-hmm. Um, I am kind of a. An outlier in the gay community, or at least an outlier in Bundaberg community, I was very precocious and my first big relationship was the most meaningful one and it happened at distance in high school. Mm-hmm. Right. So after that one, I had a rather unhealthy relationship in university and this happens about three months after that broke off. Right. After I was kind of... I was kind of dealing with my first real mental health issues during that relationship, Mm -hmm. which kind of added to that. And then after this, I was kind of dealing with it alone. And that's where on websites, it was just how gay people in Bundaberg met each other. Yeah. um, Before phone apps were a thing, Mm -hmm. uh, I made a connection with this other gentleman. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So that's where we are. We're in Bundaberg. We're in Bundaberg. We're in repressed rural Bundaberg. We're <laughs> yes. on the internet because there's no phone apps. Dial-up internet? Dial-up internet. Yep, so yeah. we're on dial-up. If so anyone <laughs> wanted to use the phone, you had to get off the internet. Yeah. Uh, so I, all through high school, I was the I was the mum friend. So I was the one that people would come to when they had... What do you mean pregnancy. all through high school? That's that's you now. <laughs> yeah, I, I mean, okay, I, I've, I've kind of lent into it now. Yeah. Like, I've accepted that, but I was fighting against it a lot. True. Because, like, I just wanted to be a person and not, like, the person that you come to when you need a pregnancy test or right. when you have problems with your parents, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. But in this situation, I was living by myself because... At university, my parents had retired and basically just moved out of the house to somewhere else and I was living in the house. Wow. A huge farmhouse with like seven bedrooms and whatever with just me. How old were you? What, like... I would have been early 20s. Right, okay. So it, it wasn't like anything weird. It was just kind of like I had this 
kind of house that I was living in alone. Mm -hmm. Uh, So I'm going to call him Tim. Okay, Tim. Tim came from a very, very strict religious household. Uh Uh-oh. So son of a religious leader. Oh, shit. (laughs) (laughs) uh, And uh, they're the kind of religious um, order that don't like you to talk to other people who aren't in that order in any situation. Suppressive people. Yeah, so they they don't really like you to do business with people outside the religion. They don't like you to talk to anyone or go to school outside of it. Sounds like a cult, (laughs) but yes, go on. Yeah, well, so they are recognised. They're kind of Christian. Um, But, yeah, so he was obviously having a lot of issues with that. yeah. I can Um, imagine. (laughs) Yes. And I was going through my own issues, so we weren't, like, really looking for a relationship on the website. We were just looking for, like something outside of our lives to kind of relax into. And that's what the relationship became. Um, There was sex, of course, because young people doing young people things. He was a little bit younger than me, which was a thing for me at the time, Mm. like a problem for me at the time. Um, But we kind of got over that. Yep. So, and it kind of became a really close, loving friendship with benefits. Uh-huh. So sure. we never really called ourselves boyfriends or anything because we didn't really have to. But after a few months of this, it was he was basically living with me um, and using and this was causing a lot of problems with his parents. Oh god, I can imagine. Mm. Because they wanted to know where he was all the time, where he was spending his nights, and he was just like, I'm just with friends or whatever. Um, he never really came out to them yeah. while we were together. Uh, and then, so that was really helping me deal with my kind of mental illness and kind of having that safe place because my f- boyfriend that I just broke up with was very close, uh, was basically my best friend in high school. And then when we broke up, the friend group had to decide oh, who no, was going who where. Who gets who in the divorce. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. <clears throat> That's the worst. So none of my friends were like really safe to hang out with. So this was a really welcome kind of harbour. You would have been in your own little, like, bubble. Yeah, it really was a bubble. And we really enjoyed that for a time and we both kind of healed through it. And we and when he got an opportunity to move further north, he got a job. He wasn't going to university. Uh, he got a job with his uncle to kind of get away from his parents. Mm. And so he moved and we were like, okay, this is good. You get to go and do your own thing. I'll stay here and we'll just keep in touch. No, no, no real problems. Mm-hmm. Very amicable. I moved to Brisbane. Mm-hmm. He stays northwards. Right. About a year and a half pass, and he says he wants to move to Brisbane. Okay. I'd say, why do you want to move to Brisbane? And he's like, my uncle knows that I'm gay. Oh. And I don't think it's going to be very nice here when I find when he when he tells my parents. Oh gosh. Mm-hmm. So he was living with a roommate who was just a random roommate and mm. this roommate will be one of the best people in this story. Um cuz obviously this roommate had become a friend and they were um very open about this whole situation. Mm. Uh so this conversations back and forth I was hesitant because he kind of really wanted to 
reinvent that bubble in Brisbane. I'm like, this bubble doesn't exist in Brisbane. No, it's yes. a farmhouse <laughs> Bundaberg bubble. Yeah. Um, so I was a little bit more hesitant because I knew that he was using me as like, it, yeah, as like a safety blanket or a yeah, shield. Yeah. Um, whereas like we really have to deal with this because this is well after like I had come out and I was much more open now that I was in Brisbane. So nothing really happened except for one night when I was, when I got, um, very late at night, I got three missed calls from him. And in the morning, I get another call from him and I pick up and I'm anticipating like an ultimatum about moving to Brisbane Mm. and it's his housemate. Oh. Overnight, he had hung himself. Holy fuck, Zane. And yeah, this is, uh, so of course that was the end of me for that day. Um, and everything was going on and the housemate didn't know what to do. He'd called the uncle and, uh, kind of got things moving that he thought he knew the situation between, um, have I even given him a name? I'll call him Tim. Yeah. You called him Tim. Tim. Yeah. Um, between Tim and I, so he wanted to keep me up to date. Uh, and of course I had no way of I had no end to his life other than him yeah so through his sorry I'm like crying now (laughs) no that's fine (laughs) completely understandable um yeah that just wow take a minute take a minute everyone take a breather Um, uh so that and again like I didn't I had grown up knowing I was gay from very young so I would when I was uh 10 or 11 and I'd kept that from my family for a very long time before I came out. And so I didn't really have a good relationship or good enough relationship with them that I could go with them to them with this problem. Yeah, sure. And just having moved to Brisbane, I didn't really have any people here <laughs> yeah, to really course. deal with that with. Yeah. So I took time off work and I found out through the housemate... Um, when the funeral was going to be. It was going to be in Bundaberg. It was going to be a church service, etc. And he was not going to be there, but he told me where it was because uh-huh. the family had said, you're not welcome. Um, <clears throat> and the reason will come out soon why. Um, so I showed up there and basically sat down and then I was approached by three people just saying, oh, who, who are you? How, how do you know? Um, Tim and so I told them oh I'm just friends from back off and they are you are you Zane uh-huh. I said yes I am then they went off and got the family and the family came back and started yelling at me and at the funeral at the funeral oh um, this was just before the service started <coughs> they were yelling at me basically it, it kind of got physical in the uh, like I wasn't um, I was just basically backing off and going, look, if you don't want me here, I'm not going to be here. But they were like very like, you got him into drugs, you oh. you corrupted oh him, um, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Um, at this point, the uncle, I think it was, I don't know, I don't know his uncle from a bar of soap, sure, but yeah. someone stood in front of them and just said, hey, just leave. Yeah. Um, and so I did. But now they knew that I existed and that I cared and that led to uh, about seven years of harassment of the uh, of the family uh, 
sending me threatening letters, making threatening phone calls. And it got to the point that I had moved like four times since this whole thing had happened. And they were sending me drugs in the mail <laughs> um, with these letters, uh, kind of like, uh, like they were trying to frame me for... Jeez, for whatever so ob- obviously like after the, a year or so of this and it kept happening I went to the police and said hey can I get a restraining order and they're like yes you can um, so I had to see them in court a couple of times and then after that I didn't have to go to court anymore but it kept on happening and so it was just a matter of reporting these incidents to the police Right. his brother his older brother moved to Brisbane ah crap uh, which meant that I never saw him but I know that he was outside of my house a number of times because there were packages delivered that with no mailing address yeah. in them uh, so this is um, and then it kind of just drifted off so this is kind of a huge part of why I never now I, I, I never don't respond when someone calls yeah. um, because that was a lot of guilt uh, I can, I, for the weeks. I can own, I, I'm flabbergasted. I can't. <laughs> for, and for how sad and tragic this story is, I, I feel very angry that someone, that a group of people could be so unfair to, for such a long time as well. Yeah. Like I understand if you lose someone and you want to, Throw that, and you want to blame someone, or you want. I I get that, on a like I just I get it. Um, I don't agree with it, but I get it. But to to but to hound you for like relentlessly. The big for, thing that for, I for so long. The one thing that I hold against them, like emotional emo- emotional people are going to do emotional things, but like afterwards, it was not emotional at all. Like it was cold and calculated. Like we have to. They weren't lashing out anymore. They yeah. were. Yeah, they were. I just can't, I'm still stuck back in, um, oh, I just can't stop putting myself in, in Tim's shoes, in, in getting to a place, sorry, this really hit That's me and list, I didn't please. quite expect me it to, but getting to a place where you felt like that was the answer and, and the whole, you know, wanting to try and recreate this this safe haven that he had that, that would not have been able to be recreated and feeling like that was the... The w- I just, I just, I hope that nobody. I hope that we're heading towards a world where people don't have to feel like that. You know, absolutely. And I mean, that's there. There was a big differential between what I was at the time and what he was, in the sense that I was, for lack of a better word, batting way above my game. Mm. Um, and I knew that as soon as he got to Brisbane he would find this new world and he wouldn't want to be he wouldn't want to be tied down by a relationship with me mm. and so this is that's a, that's not something that you can know and that's that's, a fear. And that's that's my well no it wasn't even a fear like i'm i would be happy for him if he had done that yeah but me trying to communicate that to him was not working and i think that's the big lesson i took out of this is i used to more so than I do now I I do still do this I used to think that I knew what's best for everyone yeah and just assumed that what I thought would happen was going to happen and so I should get ahead of it uh and just and and let things play out that way and 
Like it took a long time for me to reconcile the fact that I was not personally responsible, but I was involved in that decision. Um, what makes me angry is that you are feeling this guilt and his family wouldn't have felt that, I don't oh, think. The letters were very descriptive about how what happened to him and who he became was all of me and they really reclaimed his memory in the sense that he hadn't he hadn't become the person that he had become he stayed the person he was when he was not questioning them um so um the roommate also got a little bit of harassment but nowhere near as much as i did because he i, I can only assume because they were not romantically attached Are you, um, did you maintain a friendship with the roommate on and off yeah, yeah. um so we we still we still talk, but we were, we were never friends. We were never close. Yeah, it's yeah. just kind of we knew each other through Tim. Um, but like I've I thanked him profusely for what he did because if he hadn't told me, I don't think I would. It would, would just have been a drift apart. Yeah, yeah. I hope you don't. Um, I hope you don't carry that guilt anymore. I try not to, but it, you can't. I can't get rid of it. It'll yeah. Um, yeah, it'll boomerang back every now and then. Yeah, because like that's the thing. One. One action, my, my decision to like, oh, I'll call you back in the morning. You can't take that on though. Like, I, <laughs> yeah, it's, it's you too, can't. It's too unfair. You know. Everything you do in life, you can't, the, the what ifs and the why nots, you, if you plague yourself with those, you, you're just going to, you just He had a yourself, lot yeah. of stuff going on in his oh, life yeah, that yeah. you wouldn't have necessarily been able to turn around with one phone call. Yes, but. No, you <laughs> don't. No, yes, no but. I, that's the, I am. I, I don't hold it with me, but it is something that c- recurs in my head a lot. And every time I have to go through this, he was his own person. Yes. He did his own thing yes. and he travelled his own path. It was a tough path. And he had a lifetime of his, of that path that, yeah. that you, I think you, you played a really good part in his life. And I think that's the thing that we need to focus on mm. is that... The fact that someone felt safe from a horrible life with you is something that should be celebrated. Yeah, and I, and I think that is... Honestly, that that is part of what I had to get over is that if I had encouraged him to try to come... come if I'd been selfish and said, yes, come be my boyfriend in Brisbane and we'll live happily ever after, what would have changed in that situation? But it was my overthinking it and my putting intentions on other people and my uh, my kind of predetermination of the outcome of the situation that has that created or at least uh, contributed to that aloneness that he felt. Um, and so that's like I'm still a pretty closed off person. Mm-hmm. Um, and I can't tell you that I'm more closed off or less closed off now because there are millions of other factors that tie into that. Um, but that is kind of the big turning point in my relationship history where it's kind of like you need to let other people be themselves and accept their word until you know otherwise. Yeah. Um, you, I, I can't make decisions for other people. That is a big lesson to learn mm. with a really fucked up event. Isn't it? <laughs> I mean, I, I, I'm sort of stay, sitting here in stunned si- silence. Um, what I would like to say to everyone 
at home. It's not a it's not a lesson I've learned today, um, but it's an ongoing something I, I deeply believe in. Sorry, I'm getting emotional myself. Um, being I, 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 having depression myself, I understand the mental uh, a, a mental illness, and I want to t- I want to tell everyone at home listening that um, it's a men- mental illness. There is a coward. Depression, etc. They're, they're coward sort of diseases, I suppose. Mm-hmm. And they want to they want to bring you down, and they'll use dirty tricks to do so. But please, I, I implore you, if you if you ever get to a point where you feel too alone or too or you don't have options, you always do. There's always someone to reach out to. There's always someone that'll listen. Um, and please, and so, so please take the, take that lesson if you if you if you can, please. Um, Zane, thank you for being so brave. I, 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 I'm sort of speechless. I don't really know how yeah. to, where to go from here. <laughs> yeah. I um, I think that it's yeah, it's really important to know that um, even if you feel alone in your own life sphere, there are so many services now where you can contact somebody to talk through it and it doesn't have to be somebody who's in your direct sphere of influence. You can feel completely alone and contact someone from Lifeline or Beyond Blue or That's right. there's apps, there's that, apps you can, yeah. that you can text psychologists on now. There is literally always somebody in the world who will care about you and what you are going through. You just have to find them. Um, and I, there's a meme that I keep seeing on online and it's it's you know uh, I can't think of the wording of it because everything has literally gone out of my brain today. Yeah, after that story, but it's like I would rather listen to all of your ups and downs and you know every bad story that you have to tell me rather than have someone tell me that you're not here anymore. That's right. That's or it's it's I, I I would rather listen to all of your problems <laughs> than listen to your eulogy. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. That's much more eloquent. Um, <laughs> But, you know, and, and if you know me, uh, anyone who knows me personally, I'm always um, here to talk. If I don't have the mental capacity at that time, I will still answer you and go, I love you, but I'm I'm having Maybe my tomorrow. own spiral at the moment, but I am here for you and I'm thinking of you and as soon as I'm back to full capacity, I can help you, you know? The, one of the biggest bastard moves that de- that a depression will throw at you is or I'm, I'm saying depression but that's just a broad term yeah. um, for whatever you've, you're feeling or going through is that you feel you you don't want to be a burden to other people that's a that's a why would I tell why why would I bother Liz with how I how I feel yeah, and I don't, I don't want to go out burden. with this group of people because I'll just be a downer yeah, and they'll want, want to hang out with me in my life experience um, a reaching out and, t- and talking to people and or be people reaching out to me. I've never had anyone say no, not now. I don't want to talk. Uh, no, you, you, I, I've never had. It's never. I've I've never been a burden. No, and you never when, are. Yeah, you never. So you never ever will be. Um, you'll have. Like you, you can. You. Uh, we're all busy. We all live hectic, frantic lives. But I promise you. I promise you that if you tap someone on the shoulder and say, "Hey, I'm I'm not doing great." They'll stop and they'll listen and that will always be there, I promise you. So please, please reach out if you ever need to. I think there's also part of this story that is the biggest, well, not the biggest, but a really huge part is that when I came out, 
my whole coming out process was slow and relatively painless like I never had you came out when you chose to yeah I I never had a real any real problems I had no one who shunned me or anything Um, and so I don't think I put enough weight on the fact of what coming out for Tim meant yeah Um, and this experience these experiences that I've had with his family after the fact are really illustrative of what some people are capable of because all that I knew about Tim was his family um, in the sense that he was very close to them and now he didn't feel that he could be Mm. and then he moved away and he had no one except his uncle who was part of the family and he he did feel very alone and that was why we maintained contact so I think even we're saying like reach out to your friends or whatever but even reach out to a stranger like there is that's what I was saying like there's like even if it's not a stranger on the street like there are there are you know uh, there are services that you can reach out to even if you just want to talk to someone you can go sit in a chat room you can go you know on a there's just you know and I'll put all of the different places that you can contact in the show notes um I think what guts me is that you know that was a while ago um and we're in about to hit 2020 we're in 2020 now Mm. and um it's not it's it's slightly easier but it's it's not we have, we have not come as far as we need to have come in terms of ex- accepting people's sexuality or their gender that they identify to and the fact that these people um, still feel ashamed to be who they are just makes me so upset every day, it, every day. It, it angers me how... It's, yeah. Like, how, why, why do you care... How the hell does it affect you? What somewhat like how do you how can you wake up in the morning and go, Ooh, gaze? Like it's so much hard work. <laughs> I'm like it's laughing, so, crying now. I'm, Ooh, I'm like, gaze. I, like it's so much effort and energy to to live like that, surely. If at least be apathetic to other people. Yeah, like just just <laughs> like, decide you like yeah, good for them, not for me. Just don't give a shit. But yeah. to get up and waste so much of your energy to make someone else's life hell in 2020 is just fucking disgusting. And I think that is the big benefit I t- took away from knowing Tim, um, which I didn't until after after the whole situation had come out. Is the strength that he had to not repress who he was and to seek out a better life away from that um the strength that it took for him to separate himself was something that I didn't have for a long time and I was much older than him when I found that within myself good I'm glad you did I'm yeah I'm glad you 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 got there in the end um uh, should we end it? I think we're I think we're done, ladies I've and got, gentlemen. I've got um, nothing left. I'm saying <laughs> you're welcome. I I no, tried to I, pre-warn you. No, I am. Um, <laughs> I'm I'm really. I say happy. I'm like in tears. I'm really grateful that you shared that story with us. And I hope I hope that if anybody is listening, either feels similar pressures within their sexuality or just even in their mental health, that 
you know, like, fuck, even if you feel like you have no one you can speak to, message us on Facebook. Like, I'll talk to you. Please, yeah, please. 100%. Send like, reach out yeah. to your favourite podcast best friends that you've never met before, <laughs> but you sit there going, oh, my God, we're totally besties. Like, just there are people in the world who will who will help and who are there. And even if you feel like you're so alone, there are ways to, to, to battle that. So, um, Zane, thank you so much for sharing yes, that. I, I feel quite privileged to have heard it um my face is covered in uh salty tears and uh i didn't quite expect that but i'm kind of glad that i didn't expect it because i think it's this will go down as one of the more raw emotional episodes that we've had for a comedy interviews podcast (laughs) i i will i will say like um i I want i really want to stress the value that i had in the relationship before all of this happened that bubble was it wasn't just special for him it was special for me as well which was why i think i was worried about trying to recreate it because i didn't think it could be recreated um and now and then that that led led into the guilt of like well now we'll never know um you can't take that on man yeah so i like it was i think through all of the 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 many therapy sessions that i've had Mm. like i still view this relationship with him as short as it was and as a very strong positive influence yeah even though it was it turned out very poorly in the end yeah sorry i'm losing my shit over here (laughs) (laughs) okay um, you need to finish this i can't finish yes please um um, only just holding it together myself uh ladies and gentlemen i hope that resonates with you i hope it sinks in that you're never alone please reach out um zane thank you so much for finding the bravery to to tell that story i don't think i could um and before i start crying myself i think we're going to leave it here thank you so much for listening and goodbye thank you thank you Could a song just objectively be bad? Yes. But that doesn't mean we can't learn from it. I'm Alex Smith. And I'm James Keogh. And on our new podcast, My Songs Suck, we talk to writers and musicians who share with us some of their earlier, less good content and reflect on how far they've come. If you want to get in on the fun, head to That's Not Canon Productions or find us on iTunes, Google Play, or whatever podcatcher you use. My songs suck, because everyone makes mistakes. Just make sure you record them. A That's Not Kind of Productions podcast. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. There are known knowns, known unknowns, and unknown unknowns. But there are also unknown knowns. The ancient and esoteric order of the Jackalope is a secret society devoted to unearthing and sharing this forgotten knowledge. Each episode, we take one of these strange stories and share it with you. No topic is off limits, except for the obvious.
available wherever fine podcasts are sold.